0: Hello and welcome to Two Fat Expats. I'm Kirsty Rice. I'm here in Adelaide, South Australia and together with me to make the other fat expat is Nikki Moffat who's in Copenhagen in Denmark. Uh, how are you going Nikki Moffat?
1: Well Kirsty, I'm living on the other side. It's all happening. And if,
0: by that, you mean that you are now in a world with no restrictions.
1: Correct. Just on Friday night, I attended a function with 200 people drinking and sharing buffet tables.
0: Wow, buffet tables. <laughs> buffet
1: <gasps> tables. So you should all That's drop dead That's surely an indication. <laughs> surely an indication that we're in a post-corona world, that there's a buffet table, which I didn't go to because I was I was doing a job I was doing the registrations on the door, but then then I by the time I'd had hmm, four or five proseccos, I thought it was a good idea. So. Yeah. Um. Now, so you're
0: doing the registrations on the door, and from what I recall from last week, you mentioned you'd signed Sam up to cook something or do something or serve <laughs> no, something. No,
1: he, he was on the bar. He was on the oh, bar for an hour to make sure that he actually turned up.
0: Right, and so. This I love because you've been in the country for how many weeks?
1: You know, four weeks or so.
0: Yeah, and you're running the place already. <laughs> <laughs>
1: not not running the place, but I have to say it's a comforting thing to do the registration. So I did the registrations yes. with another lady who is a maths professor at the university. <laughs> so, wow. so I gave her the cash box because right. I thought that was a better idea. <laughs> and she and I did the door and we're both new to the school and it was really actually fun because we met a lot of people who were coming in we met uh, the educators at the school and we you know as as they all came in and there are a few little fatterati in the in the mix too so when they arrived and I asked them their name they saw my name tag and they said oh you're Nikki. I said hi. Nice to meet you. And so yeah, so we so doing the the front desk was actually good. And it also, here's a tip: it gets you over the first awkward hour when no one's had a drink and you don't know anyone. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes.
0: And I, I have to shout out now to all of our uh, federati in the Middle East who are all sitting there saying, first drink, school function
1: with a drink.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Like, like that's going to happen. <laughs> well, it's been, it's been, it's been a while between drinks because, yes. well, there, there were some drinks in Germany, but, um, but yeah, no. it in the U.S., definitely no drinks at school functions. So, yeah, it's been yeah. almost in South Africa since I've attended such a such an affair. Yes. Well, in Australia
0: say, there's booze at all school functions. And um, at my son's school there is that much booze that they require a bus to get the parents out of the school at the end of the night because they don't <laughs> leave. And they they bust <laughs> them down to the local pub. <laughs> the fact that these people are from the country might have something to do with it too.
1: Yeah, but that's yes, a boarding I, related. Okay. I do remember the,
0: you know, you know you're old when you can remember things being phased out and I I do remember there being booze at the school in Canada and then when they decided that there shouldn't be booze anymore. Oh, um, was that controversial? uh, Well, it was when the the teacher and the parent were found together uh, in in, in a compromising position. (laughs) <laughs> oh, and that's why there shouldn't be booze at school anymore. <laughs> but no, because we can all be trusted. We can all be trusted. But I I do remember, you know, when it was you always gave the teacher a bottle of wine or you did whatever and then and then that sort of it, it became not a thing to take alcohol onto the school premises. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That seems fair. In in the US I used to have to exchange Christmas presents in the school car park because I couldn't take the bottle of wine into the school building yes. to actually yes. present it to the teacher. So yes. Yeah. All these
0: things. Actually I have to write that down, Nikki, um, as an idea of, you know, the best things to get teachers at, at the festive period. We haven't done that one for a long time talked about that. And I do remember there being lots of fantastic ideas you know that that comes up in the two fat expats facebook group every now and again and there's always some crackers um, yes there is okay nikki let's move right into our questions of the week i've got one for you nikki how are your frequent flyers looking so my my relationship with uh Qatar Airlines has obviously become very distant over the last (laughs) couple of years we used to have a very strong and regular relationship Um, and those who know me know that I was a big uh, economy flyer because I flew a lot and um, I used to talk about Was it Hillbilly Business Class that someone said? Remember, I'd have all my different strategies worked out for how many blankets, how many pillows, how to score three seats, you know, how to get more wine than you could get. Like I became quite the uh, economy uh, heiress. Anyway, that's not happening anymore. But what I have seen is because I'm not flying all that much, my gold status is still there, but I'm just wondering for how much longer. Um, what are some of the more generous things airlines are doing to keep their people there?
1: Well, I'm not 100% sure because my frequent flyers are really down the tube because once you move to Europe, you don't sort of do a lot of long haul anymore. Of course. And we changed airlines in that move as well. So to go to Australia, we fly Emirates. I was only ever a low, a low, a low on the total yes. pole So I didn't sort of um, ramp up anything and I won't be ramping anything up in the in the short term. <laughs> so I'm all about short stop over flights here. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. But we did find an article, Kirsty, that talked about what airlines were doing uh, to keep customers on board and about their frequent flyer points. Did you... Have you had any um, notifications from Qatar to tell yeah, you... Yeah, I have.
0: Yeah. So they were they were great. And, and this is what I think. I think airlines have predominantly been very kind in that when all of this happened... Qatar Airways sent me a note because I thought oh, once we were sort of stuck in Australia for about six months I thought well there goes the um, gold status and when I say I have gold status I do feel the need to tell people wasn't that I did lots of flying I did the same flight <laughs> over and over and over again which was Doha Adelaide um, but they did send me a note saying do you know what we're going to suspend your gold status and just keep it how it is until we're all back in the air again and then they've sort of just kept that going and they haven't said hey Kirsty, you have to get on a plane by this stage before we take that away and obviously I want desperately want to keep it because it's the difference between you know having to sit at the gate for a few hours or getting to sit in the lounge or um yeah you know just all the all those little things that come along with it um Another thing that happened to me recently was I went to book a Qantas flight in Australia because I thought I, there was a possibility I might be flying to Perth for a certain grand final that I no not longer need to worry about.
1: Oh, That's not no. going to happen.
0: But I went to book a Qantas flight and they said to me, um, one of the pop-up questions was, have you been vaccinated? And I said, yes. And they said, please register your vaccination certificate and we'll give you a thousand air miles. So yeah and so you got a thousand air miles or you got $25 off your flight or you know I can't remember whether I think the other one was you know the points you know how you can get points as well. Yep. So they really really are wanting people to register their vaccination status because the talk is that you won't be able to get on a Qantas flight without being vaccinated in the future. Um, But I thought oh well there's another one. So I just wondered if that was popping up
1: in your world as well no it hasn't but i i did read this article from uh, online and it did say a lot of airlines are extending their tier status into 2022, great because uh, people aren't flying internationally and obviously or long haul flights and so they can't retain their status. Yes, and I think what will happen is if they take everyone's status away and then flights start again, there'll be a bit of a problem because <sighs> no one will be eligible for the free upgrade and and their economy will be too full and there'll be all sorts of yes. problems. So. I think it's probably in the airline's interest as well to extend people's status and their tier, but I'm not sure whether everyone's keeping their points or their points are expiring. I don't actually know the answer yes. to that. Yes, Well, so, Kirstie, Qatar Airlines looks forward to welcoming you again shortly.
0: <laughs> I hope so. I'm hoping it's 2022. Um, so, I mean, this I'm sort of hoping that, I don't know. I don't even want to jinx it by saying it, but I would I would hope by April next year that I would be back on a plane.
1: All right, so Kirsty, my question is about reinvention in our globally mobile lives. So do you reinvent yourself at every new location? Like we talk about it as being an option. You've always got the chance to reinvent yourself. You know, when you move, it's part of what you can do. And, But I just want to know how much it actually happens. So, uh, and when we're saying reinvention, do we mean personal or professional reinvention or both? And do you think you've ever done it successfully? Or, you know, has it maybe just always been a blur of let's just get this sorted and then let's get on with our lives from there? It's so funny you ask me this because when I was driving
0: along in the car today, I was thinking, oh, one of my questions for Nikki is going to be, Okay, so how is Copenhagen Nikki going to be different than Hamburg Nikki? Like, what, what have you got in store? What are you thinking? Um, so, yes, yes, I do reinvent myself at every new location. Um, and I think if you were to ask any expat child this, they would tell you the same thing. Like, I've spoken to lots of third culture adults who have said that that's what they loved about being an expat kid was that they got to be someone different at every location they went to. Whether they get to do that as much now with social media, I don't know. But for me personally, because I've been in Qatar for a long time, but I definitely reinvented myself in Qatar and I definitely reinvented myself in Canada. Houston, I was only there for a year. so But yeah, probably a little bit too. I did some different things. But there's been different opportunities in every location, both personally and professionally and even now that I'm back in Australia because this is almost like having had a weird sort of semi move without really having a yeah. move if that makes sense I've done it again here in that I'm doing my wine course you know I'm trying to make the most out of being here that I can so I'm doing this you know we set course so that I could then maybe do something career-wise with that and I'm thinking while I'm doing it At the same time, I'm thinking, okay, I can get a job in a cellar door here in Australia or whatever. I've already thought of ideas of how I'm going to use that when I'm back in Qatar. I've got some really exciting things that I'm thinking I could do with it back in Qatar going, ooh, expat women, you know, wine (laughs) nights, you um, you know, starting a small business where you could do that. So, yes, definitely I have reinvented myself at every new location and I think... That's the joy of moving. That's that's the excitement of expat life. Leave the old you behind, start afresh.
1: You know, I think that's right. I think one of the key things you said there was there's different opportunities at every location because yeah. there are so that different and you meet different people and different things come up that if you stayed where you were before or if you stayed in your home country that these things wouldn't necessarily cross your path so I think that's definitely part of it uh I I think that I'm more of the blur just let's get this sorted and move on and I don't actively notice that there's different opportunities or you know I haven't always been really aware of that but when I think about it the same as you I have been had different things and different opportunities and reinvented myself differently, personally and professionally in, in most of the locations that we've lived in. So it's also true. And, and I was thinking about it, you know, how is Hamburg Nikki going to be different to Copenhagen Nikki? <laughs> um, and you know, I, I don't actually know the answer yet. I know what I thought when I was thinking about the move, but now I'm here, I don't know whether the practicality of it is necessarily going to work out just, with bits and bobs so it's just it's interesting like I just I thought about on the weekend I started googling some stuff how do you do this in Denmark blah 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 so yeah it's just something that's always on my mind about do people do it and how do they do it and does not matter if it's personal or professional like it can be one or the other or it can be both like it's a lot and it also depends who you're moving with like are you moving with three kids little toddlers like you know how is that going to work or are you moving with more adult kids or not no kids and then you have to really could sort of consider that's that's a life-changing process and then you have to sort of work through that as well so there are lots of different mini steps perhaps along the way but it's just it's worth thinking about does reinvention actually happen because you know, we do talk about it, but now I'm in the stage where I have to show up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 you have to
0: be quite positive about it because I think when you move, there, there is a lot of negativity in some ways when there's sadness about saying goodbyes and not having the life you had or missing people, etc. Um, and I think if you stay in that frame, you have to be into those positive moves. And obviously, Nikki, that's the mind. Set that you're in when you're going, Oh, I was just having a little explore, just having a little look what could happen. That's really positive because your opening of, ah oh, well, maybe I'll just have a little look. Um, so yeah, it already shows that you're in a good frame of mind, you know, yeah, and I think yeah.
1: that, that that comes off. That also has to do with the roller coaster of landing. So you go yeah. through your whole, this is so amazing. I love this place. Look at all these things that weren't where I lived before or whatever. And so you're having that sort of up or down because when you first move, those first couple of months can be a little bit of a roller coaster. Yeah. So if yeah. you're having a bad day, you can actually say, well, this place is awful. I can't do any of the things I did before or whatever. And that's just a mindset thing that can. Can really be obstructive if you're if you're thinking about those things. So we do acknowledge that it is (laughs) it's hard. It's not easy. (laughs) Okay, Nikki. We always talk about our bold statements, which comes from
0: having this podcast and saying what we'd like to do and what we could do and whatever. And so then we made this little segment of what was our bold statement of the week going to be, and we would look back at it and see what stuck. So, last week I told you that I'd made a resume, I was applying for a job. I'd just like to update everybody and let them know, did not hear a single thing. Nothing. (laughs) Not even a thank you for your application. I was a little bit rocked by it. You know, in a previous life, I was a recruitment consultant and I was an executive recruitment consultant. And so, you know, I'd like to think that I know how to put a resume together and I'd like to think that I know how to write an opening letter to someone to say hey i'm i yeah. love your wine i'm really keen for that job i can be there i i even wrote in my letter i'm available this thursday and friday uh afternoon <laughs> to me or <laughs> i can meet you on monday yeah you know, i was i could not have been any more keen anyway sent it off didn't hear a thing not a thing they've completely and i've seen that they've advertised again and it's like Wow. Anyway, I said to my husband, um, I didn't hear a thing. And he said, think about it. How bad are people responding to things now? And, you know, how good of and I thought about some of the places I've worked and how bad we've been at responding, you know, getting back to people who are applying for jobs or whatever, why we've, you know, reassessed and grouped things together and maybe you've waited till you've got X amount of applications and whatever. But, yes, it was it was a little bit um, of a uh, reality check. So I will apply for another job this week and see how I go.
1: Right. So is there a lot of jobs available? Like you, it's a job application or do you are you soliciting? Are you sending messages saying I'd like to work at your cellar door? Or yeah, you I'm only to see that?
0: applying for uh, jobs that are advertised. Um, okay. And I will... Once I finish this next level of the wine course, I will just put my resume and my two certificates together, and off I'll go. But um, I, I'm aware that I'm not here. I'm not moving home, right? Like I'm not here for the long term, so I'm lo- really looking for a casual position because I, I don't feel I could look anyone in the eye and say, when they say, "Oh, so are you staying here?" I couldn't. I couldn't fib. Do you know? And say, yes, I am. Yeah. And you and I have talked about this because you've... And you and my husband have the same point of view of, well, you know, you could hire a younger person or a person that is staying in Australia and that, that doesn't mean they're going to be in that job forever either. Yeah. The job... The reason I was so attracted to the job that was advertised last week is they actually said from October to February um, because that's oh, their perfect. busy... Yeah, you know, that's the season. Yeah. yeah, busy holiday season. And so I thought, oh, well, this is perfect. I won't feel like I'm, you know, gypping them in any way because I'm kind of conscious about someone training me um, and and them investing time in me and then me leaving them. But anyway, so, yes, casual position. So uh, because I figure no one has that huge of, of an expectation of a casual that they're going to stay there forever and ever and ever.
1: Yes. Okay, so good luck next week. Thank you for updating everybody and that's <laughs> yes. good. How's your Responsible Adult course coming along?
0: Yeah, I didn't do it. So that has to stay okay. there for this week. Um, Nikki, you talked about doing 300 kilometres in September, which I thought sounded amazing and dutifully set off the next day and thought, hang on, I can't do this. I can't do an hour and a half walk and then 30 minutes on the water rower and then you know every there's no way I'm going to fit it all in so I am rescinding my um my original thing I think I'm just going to (laughs) I think what I'm going to have to do because mine is more timing so I think I'm going to have to say 45 minutes a day so I can do a 45 minute walk a day so I will put that on Strava to show that I've done my 45 minutes um but I, I want to hear how'd you go? How'd you go this week?
1: Yeah, good. This week I did okay. I did five out of seven days. Wow. I got my 10Ks in. So I did a couple of extra Ks on the other days. I still haven't made the full 70 for the week. Saturday was a total disaster because it was after Friday night and I was uh, not able to function properly on Saturday. <laughs> uh <laughs> I'm hoping I'm not going to what I sometimes do is when I get a little bit behind I just throw my hands up in the air and say I'm never going to make this it's all going to fall apart and so I've decided I'm not going to do that I'm just going to keep going and and try my best and when I get to the end of the month if I'm short of 300 well then I'm short of 300 but I will have done my best to get there so that's what I've decided to do so if every day I walk 10 I walk a little bit extra 11 or 12 then I should be able to make up the rest over the course of the month but we'll have to see
0: beautiful have you got another bold statement or are we sticking to the 300k's are you throwing something else out there as well
1: no no i'm going to stick to the 300k's and i'm just going to throw something else out there as well i'm going to start a cookbook club in copenhagen as a sister club of a hamburg cookbook club oh um because I love cookbook club in Hamburg and I asked on um, our school PTA app, which is called class list, which is an awesome app if any other school has it. And I said, look, this is what I did in Hamburg. Like does, is there anything that exists similarly here? And people sent me to some sites where there's dining clubs, supper clubs and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, I couldn't find something the same as this. And this is where I am at with friendships, Kirsty. So I've met some people. I've met them once or twice. I've got some new Facebook friends or some, you know, we follow each other on Insta. And then you're at this, well, what happens next? (laughs) How do you get to the next stage of these friendships? How do I get someone in to drink the wine that is now in my fridge? So I want to say that one of the ways to do that would be to to host the first cookbook club. So I'm going to set up the Facebook group put all the rules in, and then I'm going to um, set an event date and then see what happens. So that is my plan for this week, to set up the Copenhagen branch of the uh, cookbook club. <laughs> Brilliant.
0: Brilliant. I love it. I love it. I'm jealous of your cookbook club. One day I'm going to come to Denmark and just crash it. Well,
1: that's the thing about the sister clubs. You know, if people are in town, oh, they can come along I if can. there's an event.
0: And I can start a sister club in Doha. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> okay, Nikki, our three favourite things. So last week I spoke to you about that I'd seen that there was a Modern Love series too. So I, I've i watched a few episodes. Oh, the first one is absolutely brilliant. It's one with Minnie Driver um, and she plays a doctor in Ireland. Who has? Um, and you think that this, that the episode is really all about the love of her and her car, and not wanting to give up. It's an old sort of stag, and then you realise that it's much more than a car. Um, and it's all about her her husband and him dying, and that it was the car they used. Blah blah blah. Uh, it is so well done. It's really really good. What's interesting with this season of Modern Love? is um it's all over the place it, they've had one episode in london i've seen one in ireland i've seen one in the us and i i can't remember that with modern love in series one i thought they were all sort of no, new york yes yeah, yeah and yeah. us-based Um, the intro is beautiful it's so American it's got that grainy kind of wonder years feel to it it's just very very cool that they've managed I'm sure there is a story that I probably should have hopped online and researched to find out why there are more episodes in different places because I'm sure there's a story behind it but it is really good and um, well worth the watch the other one I've been watching is the Newsreader, which is on the ABC in Australia. Oh, it's fabulous. fabulous. So fabulous, isn't it? I, I wonder, Nikki, too, because it's 1986, which was um, sort of we were kids then, but it's it shows you, takes you back to that time of Azaria Chamberlain, you know, and, and that story, the Russell Street bombing. It's got William McInnes in it, who was Max in Sea Change and is a brilliant writer. Um some would remember him for his he he's written many books and been an amazing actor. I think he was on Blue healers and um obviously on sea change and many other things that he was married to a wonderful woman called Sarah Watt and um she passed away and he wrote about that as well and it's just oh really, really good anyway. he now is a nearly sixty um bloke who looks like a nearly sixty bloke and he's um aged in proportion to what most men do he's no longer slim and uh muscly and bounding across the surf (laughs) he's looking a bit uncomfortable and red nosed and um silver haired and I love it I absolutely love it um Nikki, I had a quick look of what, what was sort of happening in 1986 because I was thinking, okay, well, what's going to happen next? Because you're waiting to see, well, what's going to be the next thing? But one of the things I loved was um, I went down that rabbit hole of, okay, well, what music was released in 1986? And in Australia it was um, Crowded Houses, Don't Dream It's Over oh. and John Farnham's You're the Voice. Oh, Wow. <laughs> <Yes>. Wow. <laughs> But when I went down the Don't Dreamers Over rabbit hole, I then went to the very last Crowded House concert, you know, on the Sydney Opera House steps. Yeah. steps. Oh, if people want to have a teary moment of looking at uh, that... <laughs> you can go there okay my third thing was last night was the um grand finale of survivor you know what a huge survivor fan i am i know
1: you are yes
0: this year was really interesting obviously as everything is with covid but they had to be in australia (laughs) and so they missed going to you know the little island with the coconuts and the the (laughs) streams they were out in really harsh conditions um it was brain versus brawn um and it was an interesting finale because you didn't end up with very brawny brawns in it so in the in the final kind of um challenges that they had you i mean the the last guy that was in it was one of the brains he was into politics he was a very skinny kind of uncoordinated guy but he was really good at the strategy side of the game but the girls just whipped him whenever it came to any of the physical challenges because they were so much stronger stronger um anyway it was it was a really did not it didn't let survivor down at all. It was really well done. It was a great game it's strategy. Um it really it, it amazes me with survivor. I mean anyone who plays it now no one comes in fresh to the game. Do you know they're they're all fans of the game. So they know so much about the game. They know and while the yeah. game changes every year with its rules and it's little gifts and it's little Easter eggs. Um they they sort of know what they have to do and how they have to get there with with a bit of luck of course but yeah it was really really good kids watched it with me and there was lots of oh 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 sort of moments
1: so it was great what about you what were your favorite three things Just before we go but did your favorite win or did the person you predicted to win win uh, uh, it's yes different. so difference.
0: the person i predicted to win did um because i they had all three facets of the game i'm not going to give it away in case someone's watching no, it no 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 yeah. but i really think i think to be a winner you have to have outwit outlast outplay and okay. um i think that's that's evolved in the game over the time now was it the favorite as in the 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 heart string favorite no and my kids because they still live in a world where everything should be fair <laughs> whatever oh, the- because um you know that person had had the hardest time do you know out of the three so you get down to the final three you have what is always uniquely a um arduous challenge that lasts for 6 or 7 hours where it starts in the daytime and it ends at night and there's tears and they're in a lot of pain um and yes, yeah, so I had one child <laughs> who that's not fair. That's not fair, you know, because the person had been through a, a, a challenging time. I'm not going to ruin it. Maybe next week we'll talk about it. But they'd been through a very challenging time, and that wasn't fair. Uh, so yeah, but I, the person I thought would win did win, and they were they were the right the person to were win the, right the game. To win the
1: game, yeah. Okay, Kirsty. Uh, for my three favourite things. So because I've been doing a lot of walking, I've had to listen to new things. I've had to find things yes. to listen to. Uh, and one of the things I've listened to is called Just One Thing. On It's a BBC podcast. Now, I heard about it when I was listening to one of our favourite podcasts, fortunately, with Fee and Jane. Yes. And wasn't that a whopping season opener last week? That
0: was, that she'd had COVID yeah yeah
1: one of them had COVID and then one of the children of of yes
0: (laughs) yes my sister is also a fortunately with Fee and Jane listener and she sent me a message have you listened yet and I promptly (laughs) sent you a message after I have you listened yet uh yeah it was it was a big one wasn't it we're all fascinated by it aren't we because as we all get vaccinated it's like well what would what will happen to me when I get it yeah. So,
1: yeah, it was very interesting. Anyway, I was listening this week, uh, and this week was a second episode, a second new episode. And it, they, they had someone on there, I think it's named Dr. Michael Mosley, and he I love him. Uh, has a podcast called, yeah, Just One Thing. And it's, it's their 15-minute podcast about doing one thing. So it's a small thing about how you can change your everyday behaviors to improve your health. Mm-hmm. So preventative healthcare obviously is really big from now on as people going to age and our society gets older and then the, you know, the government has to pay for healthcare and and people have to pay for support services, et cetera, et cetera. So it was motivated when he faced a similar situation where he was diagnosed with type two diabetes. So he thought, okay, I could go on this, on the drugs or I could change try and change my lifestyle and and do something about it and mm-hmm. that's what he decided to do and I, I mean he's quite well known I had heard of heard him before he's just so engaging I mean he's yes. done
0: he's done a lot he's a little bit like our uh, Dr Gillespie in in Australia and it seems to be a thing and this is not a knock But it seems to be a thing that you write one really successful book and then you've got to write another one. And so Gillespie did the quitting sugar and the no sugar. Um, And then there's, you know, the next thing. Okay, what are we going to do next? What's going to be the next thing? So I think with Michael Mosley, and and I think he's fantastic, but he's done the intermittent fasting and then he's done the blood sugar diet um, as well. And he did the gut um diet, you know looking into what was in your garage health. and he's yeah. he's done quite he's done quite a few sort of health books but sorry i digress but he is incredibly engaging because he was the doctor at the bbc wasn't he
1: yeah. So you see, he's incredibly engaging. And the way that he does the podcast is great. And it's got a little formula and you listen, and you go, oh, it's a formula. And then, but you you don't care. You, yeah. You're like, okay, <laughs> this works. So he starts the podcast off with t- talking to someone who doesn't like there was a vitamin D one. He's like, you know, uh, what do you get? How much vitamin D do you get? And then she, so the, that person becomes like, the the person who's going to participate in the program for for the course of the podcast so then he talks to them about how they feel without enough vitamin d have they had the blood test blah 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 and then sends them out into the sun for x minutes a day and then he talks to a to a, a researcher or a professional about why vitamin D is important and how much you should have and everything. And then at the end of the podcast, you check back in with the person that he sent out to do this thing every day for a week or two weeks or whatever, yeah. and then gets the feedback. And yeah. that was for vitamin D. There's a very funny, uh, there's a one about standing on one leg and he spoke about standing on one leg with Fee and Jane. And <laughs> Fee and Jane said, I guarantee you, that half the people listening to this have just fallen over. Um, <laughs> so true. Because I'm doing it you now. About, yeah. So you stand on one leg and then you have to close your eyes. And then the, the number of oh seconds God, that you can that's stand so much without. Harder. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> And so, and, and exactly, that's what they said. I guarantee you half the people listening have just fallen over. And I was laughing because I was like oh lurching God. around my living yes. room.
0: <laughs> I'm doing it now. And it is, it's so much harder. Why is that?
1: Why is that? Well, you listen to the podcast okay. and I'll explain it to you. Okay. But he does a thing where every night he, when he brushes his teeth, he stands on one leg to brush his teeth and that, and that helps him, not with his eyes closed, but that helps him with his core strength. And then the more you can do it without your eyes closed the more you can do it with your eyes closed etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh-huh. anyway and it was about and, and also it's because people our age and above kirsty falls are a big big issue yes. so to be able to be stable you know and not to have a fall you know yes. when you, if you have a fall you could break your hip or there's all sorts of things now we have to consider yeah just one thing it's worth having a little listen to because there are things that you can just incorporate and then they don't become you know 10ks a day in fact he suggests yes. not that at all
0: all right, I'm brushing my teeth on one one leg, but I'm going to go and listen to that. That sounds great. What else have you got? Uh,
1: Okay, so the other other two I've got are um, uh, Netflix shows or TV shows. One is uh, Only Murders in the Building. Now it's got Selena Gomez, Steve Martin and Martin Short, and Steve Martin actually wrote it, I think. Uh, I started the first episode twice because I wasn't sure if I was going to watch it. But uh, if you're yes, a true crime podcast primarily. listener, which I am, uh-huh. after a little while you can't look away. It's just basically <laughs> it's addictive. And it's, it's basically it's, it's, it's a true crime. Pod- like, they're all true crime podcast fans listening to a true crime podcast and then there's a fire in their building and someone's killed and so they decide, oh, we're going to start our own true crime podcast about the murders in the building so anyway and it's set in new york and it's lovely steve martin is so clever and you know he does the voiceover it's like you're back watching you know father of the bride you know because he does all the voices you know it's it's i mean it's not like you're watching father of the bride but you know when you hear steve martin's voice as a voiceover in a tv show yeah it's yeah it's very soothing that's exactly what it is yeah uh the other one that i watched that i absolutely um did quite a, a, a binge on on saturday when i wasn't feeling particularly well uh was on the verge which is um basically this is almost me and some of my friend groups i, I feel very seen after <laughs> watching this so everyone in the in the tv show it's about a a, a friendship group of four women in their late 40s and early 50s uh-huh. everyone's Totally imperfect and a bit of an exaggerated version of a stereotype. So right. you know, you're not all a fun person, but you might be a little bit of a couple of people. Mm-hmm. Um it did get a little bit weird, but it is a TV show after all. It's not meant to be reality. It's it's written by Julie Delpy, who I can't tell you what else she's in, but I know that I recognize yes. her. And uh, also in it is Elizabeth Shue. But Julia Delby, and she plays a French woman, which is very refreshing. She doesn't have to have an American accent. And she speaks French with her French husband at home. Oh. So there are subtitles in part of it. But it's an American Ooh. show set in America. I'm loving your suggestions today. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just about, like, I mean, it's so, it's so over the top ridiculous in some places, but It's you know it's got the the mothers sitting around watching the soccer and talking about their kids and just like oh he's doing so well and look and this and then the the argument with the referee and the coach you know it's just all these things that you have done or witnessed over the course of your life and it's a a longevity of friendship so it's about they met in uh, the millennium New Year's and now it's twenty twenty so they met twenty years ago and so it's got that feeling that you have with old friends which I think. As an expat, um, we've talked before about, you know, you fall into friendships very hard and fast and you feel like you've been friends forever. But it has that sort of feeling, the nostalgia I think I felt for my friends from Australia as well, watching Mm. it, thinking these are groups of women you can get back together with after a long time and it's just like nothing's mixed nothing's happened. And that's the same for expat friendships too. You can fly into a country and and hook up with your friends and it feels like no time has passed and you just back doing what you were doing. So, yeah. It, it's that kind of really, you know, and they can talk about absolutely horrific things together, but when they do it when there's other people around, you can see how it's absolutely not appropriate, but if it was just in their friendship group it would be fine, but then they start telling a story that they shouldn't be telling and there's someone else there and yeah. It, just all those kind of situations and I just think that it's I really enjoyed it and I read a review just to just to prep to have a reader review and it was a appalling they didn't the reviewer didn't like and I was like yeah but how old are you buddy like that's what I wanted to say I didn't google the age of the reviewer but I was like yeah and and, but the other thing is is it shows all the relationships and um of the of the women and their partners or the and it you know it's complex you know marriage is hard relationships are hard and it just shows you know cracks and Mm. and struggles that people have in them and you can I just could relate to a lot of it so Mm. I think it's really you know, and not to say if you look at it and think, oh, I wonder which is the problems that Nikki's having, but it's it's just like you see a, 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 an exchange between a partner, a, two partners, and think, oh yeah, that happens, yeah, yeah. yeah and it's just that kind yeah. of stuff. So, so a lot of it is might be missed, but a lot of it was hit for me. So yeah, I, that's, well, a, I, that's Nikki, I do recommend.
0: I I do think like just a window into what we were talking about just before because we always have a few minutes where we come on and sort out the sound and you know have a bit of a chat before we say okay let's start recording and you and I were talking about a fa- we'd seen a um, a post in the two fat expats group um, that we hadn't been tagged into but we'd been mentioned and a woman was saying that she would discovered the podcast and she was kind of commending the the episode on how to keep your relationship together and then you know there was the surprise ending of because her relationship had fallen apart and we were both saying we were kind of reading it going yep yep good good yep yep got to the end part oh no um but we were both saying about how hard it is to stay married it is it is really hard and how when you yeah when you're younger and maybe like The person who reviewed the program perhaps may have been. (laughs) You know, you do think I've fallen madly in love, like I fell madly in love with my husband when I married him like madly deeply in love like I just raved about him all the time I cried when I dropped him off at the airport I just respected (laughs) him I thought he was absolutely amazing you know and then you find yourself sort of 20 years later and you're having to have these really mundane conversations about life you know to and you have children and you lose they lose their hair and you lose bits of you <laughs> that you perhaps once had. Um, and it is work and I always go back to my lovely friend Richard who used to say um, his dad was a minister and did a lot of marriage counselling and he used to say to people that were... And this and I'm not simplifying people that end up having to separate because some, some people have to separate... But he would say to people, go back and try you know, try and love them more. You know, you're not trying hard enough. You need to love them more. Like you're not and he said if men would come and say, Go back and love your wife more, that was his advice. You go back and you love your wife more. And which I didn't get at the time, but it's so true. You do have to really try <laughs> to love someone more and be a good person and really look after them. It is hard work. It can be really easy sometimes but it can be really hard and I think that's the bit yeah. no one tells us.
1: Yeah, no one tells you about the hard bits and that's yeah. like all the parts of life. No one tells you about the hard bits.
0: Yes. And I do still, I want not say, I do still look at my husband when he's got the little twinkle in his eye and I see him and think, oh, you are beautiful. But, you know, then there's all the other stuff. Yeah, so Nikki, I just, I just looked up. Um, the woman who left that lovely night her name was Laura so shout out to you Laura thank you very much for the note and saying that you enjoyed the podcast and I hope you can find some other episodes too that take your fancy okay, okay.
1: okay. are we done we're done and this is going to be very Kirsty friendly this week because it's very good timing wise
0: <laughs> lovely okay <laughs> all
1: right speak to you next week
0: all right see you later bye